Well, I was talking about getting uh, Shelly to preach, but I figured she would be too long-winded because said she would keep preaching to everybody got saved. <laughs> yeah, but but see, uh, back then I didn't have to get up at three thirty in the morning like I do tonight. <laughs> Just in the morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's great. It's great to just enjoy salvation. I'm good to see Sister Wanda come back in tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. God have her with us tonight. We're going to get right into the Word tonight, and uh, I'm going to uh, preach out of a, a New Testament book that don't get much attention. Uh, it's a short uh, uh, book. It's only got one chapter, and... Um, but it's got a it's got a beautiful story uh, to it, and uh, I want to share it with you tonight. And I'm um, for years and years, um, I uh, uh, I pronounced it Philemon, um, uh, uh, but then when I went to Bible college, I found out that's not how you pronounce it. It's um, it's Philemon. Um, it's the book of Philemon, and it's right after Titus. And right before Hebrews, and uh, it's only got, it's only got twenty five verses in it. Like I said, one chapter, but the, the story in it um, is really good. And we're going to we're going to start off by reading an opening verse in verse number fourteen of the book of Philemon in the New Testament, and we're going to see what the Word of God will have for us. Amen. Uh, tonight, verse number fourteen. There's only one chapter in him, chapter 1. He's, this is Apostle Paul writing. Um, he said, but without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed may not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. Now, I know it. I'm picking up right in the middle of something, and we're thinking, what in the world is going on here? We're going to explain it, but let me, let me read this one more time. Paul told uh, Philemon, he said, Without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed may, uh, might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. Well, let's pray. Lords, we come today, we thank you and we praise you for this day you have given us. Thank you, God, for the service this morning. Thank you again for those that have joined with us tonight, those that are watching by the live feed this evening. Bless this message. Speak to our hearts and give us food for our souls tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you tonight, it's just a couple of minutes after 7, so we're getting up pretty early, but I want to talk to you tonight on the subject titled, God Desires Volunteers. God Desires Volunteers. And where I get that from is the verse that we read, is why I read it for an opening verse, where Paul said, um, I want I want your deed, this deed that I'm asking of you, not to be 
uh, uh, by compulsion, but voluntary. And that was important to Paul, and the reason why it's important to Paul because it's important to God. And we're going to be talking about that just a little bit tonight, that God desires volunteers. I want to begin by giving you a little um, background about what's going on. Philemon uh, was a man who was in the church. He was a member of the church of, uh, you know, the book of Colossians. He was from the city of Colossae. Uh, and um, he was born again, and uh, one of the converts under the Apostle Paul. And he was a wealthy man. He was set up pretty pretty well. And Philemon was so well off, um, he was he was one who uh, had a, had a servant, owned a servant, or um, you know, back in years gone by, just simply called him a slave. Uh, and um, his this uh, this servant's uh, name was called Onesimus. Onesimus, and um, as time went on, this man by the name of Onesimus, who was a slave um, of Philemon, he uh, uh, had, according to what history accounts give, he. Um, he robbed some stuff, stole some stuff from his master, and he ran away, and he left. We don't know how long or how many, how many years passed or whatever, but anyway, Onesimus finally wound up in the city of Rome where the apostle Paul was, and Paul was there under arrest. But if you know the story of the apostle Paul, he was so active in the carrying of the gospel, he didn't even let the jailhouse stop him from preaching the gospel and winning souls. Hallelujah. Paul led many people to the Lord um, while uh, uh, that he was um, uh, in the prison there at um, Rome. And Onesimus was one of the men who came to know the Lord and was baptized in Jesus' name. And um, so as P- Paul began to uh, learn about Onesimus, he found out that his old master was a man that he knew well by the name of Philemon. And most books that Paul wrote, he wrote to whole churches of people. Amen. But right here, Philemon is a book that was written specifically to one person, and that was Philemon. When Paul found out about all the things that had happened and that was going on, Paul wrote this letter, and he sent it to Philemon, and he also sent Onesimus back with him. Now, you can imagine how that could must have been for Philemon and also especially Onesimus because he is going now back to the man who used to own him. He's going back under the direction of um, the Apostle Paul. And uh, uh, Paul asked Philemon to uh, uh, to grant Onesimus. Read the whole chapter. There's only 25 verses. 
But uh, he asked him to accept and receive Onesimus, not as a servant, but as a brother in Christ. Because Philemon was a child of God, Onesimus was now a child of God. And here is a man, Brother Paul, uh, who really lived what he preached. Because you'll find out, Paul told um, Philemon, whatever it is that he owes you, I'll make it good. I'll make it good. I'll take care of it. That's why the Bible talks about blessed are the peacemakers. Hallelujah. Strife is no good, especially for children of God. And even in this circumstance, Paul knew that everything needed to be worked out. And so he told him, he said, I'm asking you. And uh, let's go down through here. I'm going to talk first about understanding authority. Understanding authority. Philemon would have needed to obey the Apostle Paul if the Apostle Paul approached the problem as a direct order. Amen. If Paul had wrote Philemon and said, Philemon, you're one of my church members, you came in, I baptized you, whatever, and uh, I'm telling you now, I'm putting my foot down. This man is a child of God as well as you. You need to forgive him. You need to accept him as a body of Christ. If Paul had done that, whether Paul had been right or whether Paul had been wrong, because of the authority, Philemon would have had to listen to what he said. Uh, why is that? Let's look at Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Uh, Philemon was under the Apostle Paul. And if Paul had approached the problem, so on this was, I'm telling you just outright, you need to, you need to forgive this man. And accept him. And if he'd have done that, Philemon, if he wanted to continue his relationship with God and in the church, he would have had to done that. Because we are all called to be submissive to those that are under us. Hallelujah. I mean, those that are over us. Excuse me. Amen. But uh, Paul didn't, he didn't do that. Paul gave Philemon the chance to do what was right because of the love of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice um, Philemon verse 8. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ, now this is what Paul wrote him here now. He said, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, or that means what is right, to do the right thing, go on. 
yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you, being such as one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Ain't it amazing how we learn how to deal with things better when we get older in life? Amen. I mean, it's kind of bad, really. I'm thinking about it now that I'm finally learning a little bit something and, and uh, not, not how to be so hot-headed about every kind of thing. Amen. Now that I'm learning a few things, I'm getting about too old to do anything about it. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Paul says there's one that's being one is called Paul the age. That was just him. He didn't want to make it sound too mad. He didn't want to call himself the old man. He said, but just call me Paul the age. He was, uh, now, now if you go back, Brother Bob, and you can see some of the things and sayings of Apostle Paul, we know when he was younger, he was pretty much a hothead too, just like Peter was. That's a guy. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But see, the Apostle Paul has finally learned that it's best to try to handle things peaceably. Hallelujah. We've done things wrong in the church that brought more strife than anything else. Hallelujah. And then when we do that thing and things blows up in our face, then we go, oh, the devil's done this and the devil's done that. But it ain't the devil all the time. I've, I've, I've caused problems to Sammy Pruitt my own self. Hallelujah. Whoop, whoop. It's the truth in the house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, Apostle Paul said that, uh, he said, I could command you to do what is fitting to do, to do what is right. And I can, to me, Forgive me if, uh, if you think I'm wrong here, but I believe I can read through the lines and say, Paul said at one time, that's what I would have done. At one time in my life, that's what I would have done. But he said, yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you. Hallelujah. You know, you can win a lot more souls with honey than with vinegar. And uh, we need to uh, learn that because the Bible does say, he that winneth souls is what? Wise. Amen. So we have to learn that. <coughs> you see, uh, Paul gave Philemon the opportunity to do what was right because of the love of Christ. Amen. He said, for love's sake, he said, I'm appealing this to you. Now look, this problem between you and Onesimus needs to be worked out. It needs to be handled. And Onesimus now, here again, I feel like I can read through the lines here. Paul said Onesimus here is still a servant, but he's a servant of Jesus, not a servant of you. Now that's what, that's what Paul was um, in a roundabout way, but he was trying to keep peace. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Um, there was a man at the conference, a minister, um, who uh, uh, really brought out some uh, some good things, and uh, and he uh, he was on Saturday morning. They they divided up between ministers and and and, and lay, laymen, 
and uh, they had somebody talking to just the ministers, and this brother was talking to the ministers, the evangelists, and the pastors all in there, and he let everybody, he said, I need to remind you, he said, because some of you are elders in here, you've been in the, in, in the message a, long, a lot longer than myself, he said, sometimes you can speak the truth, but you can speak it in the wrong way. And still mess things up. And that is, that is the truth. Here's what we, we, we boil it down to. God wants our obedience to be motivated by our love for Him. Hallelujah. God has the authority and power to make you and me both do whatever He wants us to do. Hallelujah. But God didn't program you as a robot. Amen. He desires our obedience, but he, he'd rather have your obedience, not out of compulsion, but out of love. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. Here's what Paul said he wrote to the church in um, Corinth. He said, for the love of Christ compels us. The love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. The part that I'm bringing out is that first part of that scripture. The love of Christ compels us. The original King James says constrains us, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. For the love of Christ as it said, and I agree wholeheartedly, uh, Ronnie preached a great message this morning. Uh, one of the best messages on hell, I think, uh, that, that I've heard in a long time. And, but, and the Lord, as he said, wants us to understand about this thing and that there's going to be a separation day. But let me, let me add to it tonight that the Lord don't want you serving Him because you fear going to hell. He wants you serving Him because you love Him. Now, I can honestly say tonight, I don't know if I could, I've always said that in my life when I'm going way back many years, but I can honestly say, I strive to live for the Lord because of the love and appreciation I have for him because he has been there for me throughout my life as I was growing up and then in the early years of our marriage when we was raising our, our kids I'm going to tell you something the devil tried his best to kill Jennifer and take her out just, just one of our kids I'm talking about I mean there are several things that happened to her when she was young, little and young, not 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 just talking talking about uh, her birth situation, but even after she was born, Amen. How that the devil was trying for some reason to take her out. I never will forget that we was down to a creek down there off a little Marble one, uh, one time, and uh, uh, Bubba Bubba Hale had come out and uh, uh, spend um, a couple days with us. And so he was, he was with me, me and him, and all, all three of them, 
uh, we took him down to the creek. And Jennifer was uh, back up this way sitting on the bank. And uh, me and me and Bubba was out in the middle and uh, I guess maybe in waist deep water. And we just we just standing there in the water and just talking. And um, and I looked down, here comes Jennifer floating down underneath the water, bubbles coming out of her nose and mouth and everything, and had her eyes wide open, looking looked right up at me as she just floated right by me. And I reached down and grabbed her and picked uh, and got her got her up. Um and uh you know, God worked in that situation. Amen. Jennifer, one of her nicknames was Kaboom. <laughs> because she was all time falling. And I remember when we all, everybody at the church always called him Little Pat. I remember when Little Pat just got at that age that teenagers got to, he was ready to start driving, you know. And after church one Sunday night, uh, was it during the day? Okay, excuse me, maybe it was Sunday morning then. Um, he gets the keys from his dad and was uh, started backing up that car. Jennifer was walking around in, uh, uh, in the parking lot, and she was really small, and he couldn't see her uh, because she, she was down lower, I guess, than the top top of the uh, uh, trunk of that car, and he was pushing her along with that big car. And I, we, we get take care and, and get her. And believe me, if you knew how clumsy Jennifer was. I mean, the wind could blow and blow her over. Hallelujah. But that car was pushing her, and she was staying balanced on her feet. That was a miracle. And I could stand here and tell you story after story with all three of them, amen, and many other things. I don't serve God today because I fear being lost or I fear going to hell. I serve Him because I love Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know, me being a pastor don't mean nothing. If I wasn't pastor, I would be in the house of God tonight worshiping God because it's my life. That's all I've ever done. That's all I want. I want to do is to worship Him because I love Him. That's what God desires. So that brings me to part two of the message. Because of that, God gives us the choice. He gives us a choice. Theologians call it being a free moral agent, meaning you got, you got the freedom to choose yourself what direction you want to go on. Taking you back to Philemon, the 14th verse now, and I'm going to read it again, and you will understand it. Paul says, Without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, but that your good deed, doing this good deed uh, for Onesimus, 
granting him his freedom, to receive him as a brother in Christ. He said, I, don't want, I didn't want it to be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. I want you to volunteer to do what's right because God desires volunteers. Hallelujah. And it's the same way today, church. God could make us do us do anything he wanted us to do. Believe me, he knows how to get your attention. Hallelujah, would you say amen to that? Amen. I mean, when God knows how to get your attention, he's got mine before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it, when all's said and done, I know, I know there's all kind of scriptures, and it talks about God says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I understand that. But we still got to know when we read the Word of God and what the Word of God says that under all those circumstances, even God, God chooses us, amen, and He appoints us, He still gives us that ability to say no. Hallelujah. He gives us the choice. Although God has the power to compel you, yet He desires your consent. God is looking at the people in the church today. He says, I need you in my kingdom. But I'll, I could make you do this or make you do that. But I want your consent. I, I, I don't want to comp- compel you. I want your consent. I want your love and respect because it comes from your heart, not because you feel obligated Hallelujah. Amen. Not because you feel an obligation, but that you love me and that you want to serve me and you, you want to live for me. The last scripture that we're going to go to is found in Joshua, 24th chapter. Amen. Everybody knows that Joshua took the place of Moses. Moses didn't go. Across the river into the promised land. God took him up to a mountain and uh, allow him to look over into the promised land. But he couldn't go because uh, he disobeyed God. Now, don't get me wrong. He made it to heaven. Even because, you know, the, you know the scripture talked about when he, when he died, Mo, uh, the devil disputed over him with God. About his body. I believe that's why nobody knew where Moses is buried on that mountain to this day, the Bible says. Hallelujah. He made it to heaven, but he didn't get to go to the promised land, a place that he desired and tried to get to for 40 years. Because he smoked the rock instead of doing what? Speaking to it. Hallelujah. So Joshua took over. He led him into the promised land. And now at the end of Joshua's life, he makes makes a statement and he talks to all the Israelites. Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. He says, now therefore, and like I said, remember, he's close to to leaving this world. He's um, ready ready to pass on. And he... He's told him a whole lot, and 
He said, now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord. He told him what to do, but he gave him a choice. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. For the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. He gave him this long speech and long talking. You can read that whole chapter and find everything he said at the close of his life. But when all was said and done, he said, you need to serve the Lord. But then he comes here and he says, if you, if you see that, seem that it's evil for you, he said, you make the choice yourself. You choose yourself this day whom you're going to serve. I'm fixing to leave. I'm, 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 fixing, I'm fixing to meet up with Moses. We got a lot of things to talk over. We got old times to talk over. Oh, some of those battles we had back in the wilderness back there. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, but he said, you that I'm leaving behind. And, and I can see us as we getting close, we getting close to our time of our crossing. It's a good thing that we can tell, be it children or other family, whoever. You tell them, you got the choice. I've tried to tell you, I've tried to teach you. I've done my best to live it in front of you. But when all said and done, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. My father lived in front of me. A life exemplary of a Christian. I learned more from him through his commitment to the Lord than years of preaching and years in Bible college and everything else put together. And I was telling some of them before church, Brother Calvin, Brother Paul, I said, you know, if you travel in Ashton City Highway, well, really it's Hyde's Ferry right there, if, if you're, you're um, south of Briley Parkway, after you cross over Briley Parkway heading towards town, right there at uh, Cato Road, still standing today, and there's still a church there of some kind. On the right, little white church. Uh, it was right there in that little white church. The God lets me live next month. It'll be 50 years that I stood behind a Bible stand and preached my first sermon. Uh, but I said that I said that to say this. I could not make it on what my dad did. When I got got up to the point and to the place, I had to choose myself. What I was going to do, who I was going to live for. God had a calling on my life just like he's got a calling on your life. You don't have to be a preacher to be called by God. 
we all call by God. We all got a calling of God. But even though with a calling, God's not going to twist your arm. He's not going to make you do nothing that you don't want to do. God desires volunteers. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Since Brother Kyle reminded me before church started about what Brother Jackie used to always say, 30 minutes is long enough for any good preacher, too long for any other kind. Spend 30 minutes and I will close. Let's all stand together. Anybody wants prayer tonight for anything before we leave, uh, we give you that opportunity <coughs> to pray for you. And uh, let's, let's continue to remember. We still got quite a few names in this bowl up here.